0: Recently, I've heard about some people who work in finance, um, like financial advisors, who describe what they do in a different way. Because it's not about finance, it's about the end goal and kind of what you achieve. So say, for example, rather than say I'm a financial advisor, they'll say... Um, I help people retire early or... I help um, people achieve their dreams. I help people achieve their dreams. I help people live their best lives. And then people say, oh, and, you know, what does that mean? How do you do do that? that. And then you get into, well, I help them plan and I help them identify their goals and I help them work out the means to get there. And then sometimes products are involved to help achieve those goals, such as pensions and ISAs, but actually that's not the point of it. It's almost a rebrand, isn't it, of Mm -hmm. finance? Like We always say that it's too much jargon they always say that the words are just turn off, that people hear pension, and it just sounds like a very dry old, like dull thing. Yeah,
1: it's grey, I can see it. It's just Yeah, hideous. but I was
0: thinking about this the other night. And you need I, to get oh, out more. I really do, no. <laughs> Instead of saying it was a pension plan, if you could describe it maybe more succinctly as a pot where the government puts money in for me, mm-hmm. then isn't that just a completely different... And it's exactly what happens in a pension, but then you're kind of thinking, oh, if I've got a vehicle where somebody puts money in for me... Um, it's not a lot more exciting, but it's the it I mean, same thing.
1: You need a better name, I know, but, really Yeah, you need something more... More of strapline, it? But it's exactly that. How successful was the help to buy ISA? Yes. Because it was the very niche. much... I'm going to help you buy a house, Yeah. the government being I. I'll put in some money and that will help you buy a house. It yeah. was so clear, it was so apparent what it was for. It was very specific and it was very successful. A lot of people thought, oh, this is free money from the government. Yeah. Um, why wouldn't I open a help to buy ISA? I will buy a house in the future. I do want free money from the government, but actually a pension's free money from the government. But it's all about the name, isn't it? It is. I've seen a lot around, well, not a lot, but some movement in the market of financial advisors, like you say, rebranding themselves. So the, there's less financial advisors, a lot more financial planners. Yep. But there's still the word finance in there. Yeah. So, you know, it's very specific what they do. I've seen the word holistic crop in a few times. So somebody yep. will say they're a holistic financial planner. Financial so that's,
0: well-being. That's a new yep. sort of movement as well. There's life planners as well, isn't there? So they're. The, mm-hmm. I was trying to think they're the only ones that I know that have taken finance out of the title. So one of my friends and one of our kind of love-standing clients, Tina, she's a registered life planner and it's a qualification in itself and it's very much around putting the finance to one side and just coaching people and helping them understand their life and planning it and then working backwards to say, okay, now what tools do you need to achieve that? And I think that as a concept is just so much more exciting and interesting to people to just sit there and have those conversations and that that big picture stuff um, and know that eventually you might end up with a pension or an ISA to
1: help you get there but that's not what you're talking about no absolutely not and in the same way that if you're feeling unwell you're not going to the doctors to ask for a specific medicine yeah you're asking them to advise you on how to feel better yes Um, and what they advise you will be the product that you need but actually isn't what isn't your goal for going there in the first place the value you can get from planning your life finance is just the byproduct of it she's taken that out of the title she's taken it out the pressure of talking about yep. it
0: money doesn't buy your happiness
1: it doesn't we know working in finance that actually it's not all about finance it is about allowing people to achieve their goals i don't sit and think about money all day long and we don't we do think about how do you get that house in italy how do you go about buying a boat how do you retire early it's not about the money no, it's, it's about how to do you achieve that goal the money's the money's the enabler
0: almost isn't it, it, it it's the it really thing is. that helps you do it but that's what you're aiming for
1: We've talked about a lot, we debate about online books and real-life books, 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 (laughs) books, books. We talk about that a lot because I'm an e-reader, I use my Kindle a lot and you like the paper. And I do, every now and again, I'll get a real book and I like, oh, I love the smell of this book. But it's much more expensive to buy paper books, so it is an emotional decision. They take up more space. So actually, I know the correct financial decision is to have an e-reader and just read things online. And it's easy, you know, I don't have to get out of bed to buy a book. But yet you still choose to buy paper. You still choose to do that.
0: Exactly what you said there. It's the pleasure that you get from it. And actually, if a book's £8, £10, £12, the amount of pleasure I get from that. Whereas... You know, some people might get pleasure from going shopping and buying expensive clothes or a big car, and absolutely none of that would give me the same thrill as just a really good book. So, what kind of things do you get enjoyment from that cost very little?
1: Um, I like to go for long walks with my dog <laughs>
0: um,
1: and it absolutely costs nothing. Um, I feel like
0: Cedric costs a lot.
1: Oh, he does, but he's worth and I feel it. like
0: he costs more than your children.
1: Oh, absolutely. I went out and fought my way through um, some of the stores recently through the coronavirus just to get him a newborn. <laughs> I felt like he deserved it. He's very stressed. There's lots going on. Um,
0: but typically pets don't cost a huge amount but bring a massive amount of pleasure do you
1: know what I I know was a very bad financial decision that I used to make regularly but brought me so much pleasure I had an obsession for a short while with sticker books. (laughs) So, you know, the panini, like the football ones. Like my teenage younger brother. But then I got to the point where, you know, I was having so many swaps, I just didn't know what to do with them. (laughs) And I was just spending, I think, hundreds of pounds on stickers to the point where I was going and trying to buy a box. But, you know, I got a lot of enjoyment that were... Fit in it perfectly. Yeah, I know. Sock, but... sock, need, need. Got, got. I was looking... Oh, shiny. <laughs> it's really emotional. <laughs> I do like to read, but I like to... I can read... Because my memory's so poor, I can reread books a lot. So I do reread. And there's no outlay for that at all.
0: There is <laughs> no <Absolutely. laughs> Alzheimer's medication at some point, but you know. <laughs> yeah,
1: I reckon I've read Dracula six times. But still enjoyed it each time. Every time. There you go, same. What do you do for very little costs that you enjoy? Napping. It doesn't cost you anything
0: that it costs me nothing and I love the
1: feeling that. of fresh bedding.
0: Oh, that is a good one. There oh, is.
1: Podcasts? Podcasts. Listening to podcasts. Listening to a free mint-based podcasts. I oh, do you remember when I used to get so excited because I've just cleaned up my linen cupboard? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I wish it wasn't so tidy so I could clean it out again. I love a
0: spring clean. It's
1: amazing. Some of the best things. Absolutely cost nothing. things in life are free. Oh my God, that was terrible. (laughs) Absolutely
2: horrific.
0: (laughs) We've actually been doing quite a few interviews recently and one of the common bits of feedback that I get, um, particularly on the Verve website, is that it's a very nice fresh, bright website and you don't immediately realise it's anything to do with finance, which is quite different, I think, from a lot of financial services websites where you could look at it and even if the text was in a different language, you could guess it was finance. It would
1: be blue and full of old people. Exactly that, yeah. And we made a very conscious decision to kind of exclude all the finance things from it. Um, just because we're trying to rebrand finance and show that actually there's more to life than finance despite being in financial services.
0: And I think that's the challenge with branding, isn't it? And with marketing, that you want to appeal to the people that you're trying to attract. Um, but you don't want to just do what's gone on before. You're trying to kind of find this balance between doing something completely new, but then you don't want them to go onto our website and think that we like sell shoes or yeah um
1: buckets. If it's not broke, don't fix it. So if you've got an existing brand that people know, so we're saying pensions its a boring brand, it doesn't explain anything, but actually it's around now and it's been around a long, 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 long time. What would be the cost? Somebody decided they're renaming pensions, for example. Yeah, you can't do
0: like finding a place in the entire industry, can you? on the entire world, <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, exactly that. And it's just, it's crept into so many literature. And so actually, why rename it? And then whose job would it be to rename it?
0: Joined today by Abby Knight. Thanks for coming in, Abby. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Would you like to start just by explaining what it is that you do for a living?
3: So I basically just say to people when I'm at a party, I work in financial services. And the normal response is their eyes will glaze over and they'll go and talk to the (laughs) model actor slash person that works in film um, or (laughs) Or creative agency director. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> However, um often I will go to a party and um I'll say I work in financial services and the person I'm talking to says, Wow, well, so do I. What oh. do you do? <laughs> and, then your over. and then I like, yeah, no. Um and then and then I just tell them that basically what my passion is is helping businesses to grow and The way that I do that is by consulting to them and then implementing the initiatives or projects that we discuss so that they can better articulate what they do and reach more clients and support more individuals with achieving financial well-being.
0: And so how come finance? We always talk about people falling into finance and clearly the the skills that you've got and the job that you do, you could apply to any industry.
3: So how did you fall into finance? One thing that I love about the UK is that people study really interesting degrees and um, then go on to to work in financial services or to work in different fields. In Australia, we tend to be quite boring and put ourselves into a box quite early on. So if you want to be in financial services or you want to be an accountant, you do a financial services degree or an accountancy degree. So it's very... Very, different. Like I didn't know anyone back then that studied anything that they didn't then go into at least for the first stage of their career before then transferring across. Whereas here, I interview amazing talent that have done English literature degrees and and they've got a wonderful so grasp was... of the English language. <laughs> oh, exactly.
1: amazing talent! Yes, huh? really amazing talent. That's <laughs> it. Those two things it. aren't mutually exclusive. <laughs> <laughs>
0: when you think about it it would make much more sense Charlie, to get the degree and what you want but then I
3: suppose the way you've said about it in Australia is almost then you're just sticking yourself into a box quite early so exactly and I think um, I'd like to see the reverse happen where people actually did degrees that helped them to get a broader world view and then start to make decisions when they're a bit more mature because like I think when you're that young at yeah. 18 <laughs> you don't really know what the world oh, is yeah. all about yeah. and, you, and you feel a lot more pressure because you think that well I have to make the right decision right now but as we know
1: careers are so varied I think as well well, one of the stereotypes about financial services is that people don't realise the range of careers that you can have in there. You know, what you do is so completely different to what the majority of the people do in the services. It's funny because I'm going back to the
3: dinner party conversation. When I say I work in financial services and the person I'm talking to says I do as well, often what we are talking about is completely different areas of the market. Like they might be in currency trading for an exchange or work for a fintech. So you're right. It's very, very varied. And I just don't think that people are aware of that. They just see Financial services being something that's maybe too complex, too data orientated, like too analytical and just something boring, like not very interesting. There's so many
0: different angles to it. And just saying I work in finance sounds very limited
1: and that really isn't the case. So, do you think there's work to be done around rebranding financial services in that sense? Most definitely. I think that there's a lot of work that can be done um, because it's
3: not perceived as something that people aspire to get into. I don't think as much as I would like. I think that what we need to do is lose the jargon. I think it's non-inclusive. I think it makes people feel intimidated. There was some research that I was reading about sustainable investing, and they that nine out of ten millennials would invest in line with their values if they knew that that was an option available to them. So, I think that's there's a lot of work to be done around um, around language. Um, I also think that. We need to focus on the value and where the value is. I don't think that um, when people articulate what they do in financial services, they're really focused on the end outcome for the consumer. So sometimes I um, throw out, you know, my dinner party line is changed <laughs> to, I help people to change lives. And I think that, you know, a lot of the time, um, people are just so focused on kind of like the numbers and the technical aspects that they don't see that actually what they're doing is helping people to take away their anxiety around money and um, and be able to enjoy a, a fulfilling life. And so it's more about wellness. So I do positioning more around financial well-being rather than around like financial services and, and the nitty-gritty of the technical detail behind it. People are not buying a SIP and they're not buying an ISA. Yeah. Um, they're buying a tool that's going to help them, um, you know, lead their best life.
0: It's the impact, isn't it? Exactly. Like we, we talk about what we do rather than the impact of what we're doing. And actually, that is one of the things I've also said that I like about finance is um, when you do see that impact and when you do help people live a different life and, um, yes, the the work that goes into it can seem. I, I mean, I want to say it seems tr- quite dry and technical, but I love that side of it as well. Like, actually, even <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. even the the process of it is very appealing to people who are naturally analytical and really enjoy kind of having a, their own
3: favorite calculator. <laughs> so um, I'm working with a charity. It's called I Can Be, and basically it's built on the premise that young girls by the age of eight they've decided what opportunities will be available to them in their career. Right. So a lot of girls think, well, I can only be. And a receptionist, an assistant, a um, and someone in nursing, or, or someone like they're following the footsteps of the people that they see around them. A lot of them don't even know that a woman can be an engineer, for example. Mm. And so what this program does is it allows these girls to come in, you tell them what you do, and you use very unsophisticated language, no jargon, and you basically say, so this is what my career has involved and that it's not a straight line to get where you need to be. And I'm just basically talking to them about that. And last week I was in the session um, that I had with a group of girls And I said, what's different about financial services to me and to try and get them to understand it is it's not like we are delivering a product where it's like we're in a shoe factory and every day those same shoes are coming off the production line. So we're not selling widgets and digits. We're selling something that is way more changeable and dynamic. And I think that that's quite exciting. And people forget
1: that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So they're literally what, sort of six, seven years
0: old?
3: Yeah, so they're the oldest is seven and a half. But they typically get them as soon as they turn seven and they put them into program. We had a couple there that are, had just turned eight, yeah. um, but they've been part of the program for the year. So Aww. going out and seeing businesses, but they do everything. They go and see doctors, basically any just, um, profession yeah. you can imagine. And I'm there flying the flag for us in financial services, ladies, showing yes. women that they I'm should get involved. In that, yes. it? Yes. Exactly
0: you can imagine that. the impact if you were that age and somebody came oh, in and you absolutely. were hearing about all of these careers that you would just, you wouldn't know about, you know, it was I was 22 before I'd even heard of financial services. And, and you already
1: had your degree. Yeah,
0: and it, mm-hmm. already you degree. I already had my degree. <laughs> I already yeah. had, I was already involved in it like, personally.
3: Yeah. I read another statistic recently um, because I've got a little boy who's about to turn six. And children have their financial footprint for their life by the age of seven. And what that means is they under they will either be a saver or a spender and it will be right. determined by that age. So I'm out looking at kiddies' bank accounts and mm-hmm. like, you know, the gamification of saving and teaching them about compound interest and all of that. Because to me I think it's so important to teach them about not just about, you know, saving and putting money away, but about investing and what the markets do and basically dividing the money that you get into the three different pots yeah. and then making sure that you manage those. Your little boy will be really rich.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <his
3: influence>. <laughs> 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 do you know what the funny thing is, though? He walks around the house and, you know, everyone's got, you know, like a change area where, you know, you put your keys down and if you've got any pocket change, you put it there as well. And he'll come to me on a Saturday morning and say, oh, mummy, look, I found all of this money. <laughs> <laughs> he's, and he's been hunting through the change. <laughs> he's going to
0: be a banker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, dear. Obviously, we started to touch on the perception of finance and the fact that maybe part of the issue is that it does need a bit of a rebrand. What one thing do you wish people did To know about finance that maybe isn't kind of out there as an immediate
3: perception of it. I think that it's accessible. Yeah. I think that a lot of people think that it's just too complicated and they'll deal with it later and then they get a trigger event and then they don't know where to go um, in order to get the right advice to support them. And they think that it's ridiculously expensive. So as part of the rebrand, what I'd also do is look at pricing strategies where people pay for what they receive. I'm opening a big can of worms here, (laughs) but as you've seen, like there's a lot of talk in the market about a move away from ad valorem fees and this whole Netflix style pricing model, I actually think we're going to see a little bit more of. And it may not be one of the incumbent providers here, and it probably won't be because of the charging structures that they've built their businesses on that may not be sustainable for many players, but it could be someone that comes in external to the market, kind of like an Airbnb to the hotel industry will come in and they will say, right, this is what I'm going to do. And this is how I'm going to charge for it. And people are used to paying for subscriptions. I mean, we've all got subscriptions. Absolutely. Um, We pay a monthly fee, um, but that should be determined by the level of support that you're getting. So I think people with less complex affairs that just need a bit of advice at a decision point in their life should be able to go and get that for a, a fixed fee. And then if they need ongoing support and they need coaching around money and they need all of the basic building blocks in addition to that, then they should be able to pay a subscription in order to get access to it.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. The fear around the fees and the lack of transparency. And even if an individual went to an advisor's website, and many advisors have got better at putting their fees on, the website but it is that ad valorem so again it's a jargon isn't it? it's just tro- drop some latin in for the fun of it and mm-hmm. um, but if as a as an individual you're going onto a website and it says um, you're going to pay one percent per annum it, you know it doesn't compute it doesn't kind of make sense but if it just said this is the subscription model it's the kind of thing that you you would process because like i say we all have subscriptions all the time so we've got a magic wand again and we're just gonna we're gonna restart finance, and we're gonna restart the perception of finance and the branding. And I know we always talk about the images on the websites of the oh, same couple oh, is skipping get down, me down the beach. <laughs> Do not get me that started. Couple <laughs> <enjoying> <laughs> <laughs> <on> the- <laughs> <laughs> I
3: nearly I nearly lost the microphone there. I was that disturbed by it all. Um, no, I. I wouldn't use an, those photos. I'd, I have I'm not an sure. allergy to stock imagery. I think there is just too much cheese out there. So yeah, I would wave a magic wand and get rid of all stock images. All stock images. In my mind, if I had to
0: visualise finance, I see a lot of blue.
3: Allergic to blue. Allergic Allergic to blue. To blue. <laughs> I, I'm doing a presentation. Um, I'm presenting a conference next week and I'm doing a presentation and I got the top 10 investment houses in a specific niche. And when I looked at those logos and I put them onto the slide, nine out of 10 of them were blue. It's because the colorists, the people that talk about color and what it means, say, oh, it's a safe color and it's it stands for royalty and regal and all of those things. And no, no,
2: <laughs> Don't so, do it. Banning, banning, ban the blue, ban
3: the stock photos.
0: So what thing should be front page news about financial services? Watch it, because we know that bad news always makes headlines. That's you know mm. just the way it is, and it does kind of turn people off. So if it was good news or it was It was a particular piece about finance that you really wanted everybody to
3: read about. What would it be? I would say um, I would like to start a financial health craze. So you know how we have our Fitbits and that's really transformed um, the way that people view um, their daily activity and people are not being sedentary anymore. People are doing their 10,000 or 15,000 steps a day. I'd like people to have the same view around their finances, like seeing it as something they can achieve like small goals often um, and almost turning it into like a health craze. A wealth craze. A wealth craze, exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
1: What an amazing interview that was! It was literally everything that we've been talking about, and just put more eloquently. <laughs> 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 oh, I wish infant. I could say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> around the colours that everybody uses in financial services, the stock images everybody uses. But actually, a lot of the feedback we've had on that Mint podcast website and our websites in general is how different they are. Mm. And that's because, you know, we've just got a really good marketing team. We've got well, a really good Importantly,
0: we've got a really good marketing team who are not from a finance background. The problem mm. being in finance, we all speak finance. Like we yeah. speak that language. It's like we're, we're suddenly in Germany and we all speak German. And our marketing team have come in and they don't speak German, so they just can't speak our language. They're bringing a completely different angle to it. And I think that's the challenge. If you've always been in finance and you're trying to think of something different, it's hard because it's so ingrained in you. But actually, when you're you're just a fresh pair of eyes, absolutely. So then that's it. They'll come in with a new colour palette and new terminology and they'll question what things mean because it doesn't make any sense to them. And that's maybe the difference that
1: makes our website stand out. Yeah. So... Our marketing whiz is Naomi Graham. She's not for sale. She's not for rent. (laughs) You can't have her. Do you want to go and grab her? Okay. Bring her in and um, see what she has. Put her on the spot. Ask how to
0: rebrand all the finance. Norm. Hi. Not to put you on the spot or anything, but we were just talking in our podcast session about some ideas for rebranding all of finance and we thought who better to quiz on it than you do you fancy coming in and joining us uh yeah
2: okay yeah
0: joe was worried that we might send you into early labour by putting you on the spot
1: (laughs) (laughs) hi oh doesn't she look like all blossomy you look all blossoming
0: (laughs) (laughs) you aren't from finance so you don't speak at jargon, you don't speak at nonsense.
2: My experience is very much not from finance. I worked for a creative agency last. So I've come very much from a different world. But I do think coming in with a really blind perspective of what finance is, I think that can really help.
0: And um, Also, non-sexy horsey voice is a new thing and a, a <laughs> yeah, little pregnancy. plus side on the pregnancy. <laughs> Isn't yeah. it? So with a different background, what what kind of struck you first about coming into the world of finance?
2: I need to transfer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally that. <laughs> I remember my first meeting, just trying to get of of the different brands and the amount of acronyms and yeah. words that just made absolutely no sense. I just was to write a list of them and just being like, I need to ask what that is. I don't know what all of these, IDD and DB yeah. and all of these acronyms just didn't make any sense to me. No, sorry. Um, <laughs> what did you think we, when you came in and did a review of our
1: marketing and our websites, she... what were we doing wrong? What was our biggest... To be honest,
2: I I do think there's more, more work to be done with the public and with financial services that the offers and the products that they're providing already have bad connotations. So I don't necessarily think you guys were doing you were doing a lot better than a lot of firms in terms of the way that you were describing things and talking about things and, and making them more relatable. But I think that there's a bigger piece to be done around actually how the public perceive things like pensions or tax or words that they, they instantly put barriers against.
0: Yes, yeah, so you've mentioned there that there's some negative connotations. even about, So things like pensions and ISAs, you know, they, they shouldn't be negative. They're yeah. actually just really useful tax-efficient savings vehicles. So how would you start to approach maybe rebranding, one of those terms.
1: Because in the same way that you don't know finance, I don't really know marketing, um, so in layman's terms for me, say it was a three-step process, what would be that process for rebranding?
2: Um, I think the first step would be very much getting to know the, the audience and their perception of what whatever the product is we're looking at, whether it be pensions, and understanding kind of where they're currently at what they perceive the benefits to be and the negative connotations. next step would be then doing a bit of market research to understand what actually the benefits are and, and how we'd relay that to them. And then the last step I guess is packaging it up in terms of whether we would rebrand it, whether we'd rename it. I think maybe pensions couldn't really change the name of it but we think you know actually it's, it's that campaign that goes around it in terms of driving those benefits and how that's going to change their lives really.
0: So understanding why they think it's rubbish at the minute. Yeah. Um, figuring out all the good stuff, what message you want to get across and then yeah. putting that into language that they understand. Joe, okay. oh, so yeah. yeah. Joe. Jo, so talk me through those three steps for you as a person. forgot what, I forgot what the steps so are. So firstly, again. what's the misconceptions
1: slash negative connotations around you? People think I'm old and I'm not. <laughs> I'm not that old in mm. the grand scheme of things. I'm not yet middle-aged. I have not yet bought a sports car or had an affair with my secretary, mostly because I haven't got a secretary. Mm. Yeah, so the misconceptions about me is that I'm old, and old is a negative connotation. It assumes that you're no longer fun. So what's some of the positives and benefits around you that you think need um, bringing
0: into your rebrand? I mean, do we need to bring up the puns? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um,
0: um, so what's your new brand? What's the three words that sum up the new branded Joe, who's not old? Um, delusional.
2: <laughs>
1: Denial, awesome three Ds. Delusion, denial. Delightful. Yeah, delightful. Oh, oh, thank it back. you. You did pull it back. <laughs> okay then, Harrison. What's your new brand? What What are the con- misconceptions about you? Um, what's the miscon? I don't know because I feel everything negative about me is in a misconception. It's true. <laughs>
0: I'm <laughs> um, just clumsy well, no, and a bit but... useless and disorganised. Right? They're just all true. So in that case, what I need to do as phase two is just amp up my positives mm-hmm. to offset the negatives, which are. <laughs> oh, oh no! I was going to say oh, it's another misconception that I drink too much, right? Not true. Yeah. yeah, also true. Um, okay, so the misconception, the brand of me is drunk. Oh, the three Ds: drunk, disorganised, disorderly. <laughs> Drunk, and disorderly and disorganized. drunk, disorderly, and disorganised. Drunk, disorderly, and disorganised. And the rebrand
1: is... Uh, drunk, <laughs> quite orderly, still disorganised, but you know... Can With a PA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to get the PA. So,
0: now that you and I are marketing whizzes, absolute experts, marketing marvels, Ooh. we could put our new marketing skills to the Atomint podcast. How about a little challenge where Ooh, we each... Challenge. I know you do. <laughs> we we'll each partner up with one of the marketing team. magsy Norm. I was thinking we each have a small budget, say 50 quid that we can spend on a little marketing campaign for that Mint podcast, and we might put it to, um, say, Facebook, and see who can, right, Norm, give us some marketing lingo. What would we do, like, most impressions? Do you get them on yeah. Facebook? Yeah. So if we had a 50 pound advertising budget and see who got the most impressions, yeah. is that the words? Mm-hmm. There we go.
1: Fancy the challenge? Yeah, but I have no idea what half those words mean. No, that's right. why you've got jazz, she'll explain. Right, okay.
0: Why don't we go for, we've got a week to plan it. And then we run it for three
1: weeks. Was so it just an advertising campaign for that mint podcast? So, whatever you want to do, Josh? I can't possibly give you any ideas. Ooh, exciting. The game is afoot.
0: Right, we're back at the desk, away from Josh. She can't listen. Well, she can't shout in the background, apparently. <laughs> Joe, we're recording, shut up. Right need to start coming up with some ideas. Do you have any immediate preference in terms of the type of content? Is it a GIF? Is it a
2: video? Videos or like... I think visual content goes down much better and gets more clicks.
1: OK, so, Jazz, do we need to talk about this challenge. OK. My faith is completely in you because A, I don't do Facebook. B, I don't do marketing. C, I don't do advertising. And D, I've got no ideas, so shoot. <laughs> So what, what do you need? <laughs> so we've got a £50 budget. Two of the adverts are going to run side by side and whoever gets the most impressions, is that the mm-hmm. right word, um,
2: yeah. will win. And you know what? We yes. need to win. Yeah, we're going to win. So going with our three-point plan, what's mm-hmm. the initial challenge? I so suppose a lot of the audience that we're trying to engage aren't necessarily involved or engaged in finance currently. So then the second phase, what is it that we do want to yeah. get across? I think that the, we'll the go- podcast really normalises Finance, it makes it accessible, the language to use.
0: Um, so, the key points got to be fun.
2: If we've got to have some benefit from it, I think, otherwise, they won't necessarily engage with it if they can see that actually this is going to help them, make them want to click through and, and learn more. So, um, oh, oh I know, it? I just had an idea. Do a series of questions
0: with either my son, who's three, oh, yeah, or if jealous. I really struggle with him, actually, maybe Nat's little girl, she's a little yeah, bit older. That be cute. And try and kind of get their answers to what they think. I don't know if we talk Isa or pension yeah. or something.
1: Um, I don't know what their idea is, um, and I probably won't. Do you know what their idea is? Oh, well, what's their idea? I overheard. Well, what is it? I can't tell you, just... You can! Not on camera.
0: Yeah, kind of get a child's angle on it. I wonder if we can get kind of a little viral... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, If the dog just said poo all the time, (laughs) (laughs) which is his current favourite thing.
2: They're on about getting Harrison and Alan to speak. (laughs) Name. Like, (gasps) what I was
1: thinking was... We've got a 50 pound budget. What, what about if we buy loads of a bit of Kendall Mint cake or some Werther's or something, or 50 quid to our 100th impression or something? Um, like that, what about an actual giveaway? Something yeah. to do with mint? What else um, do you know with
2: mint? Chewing gum. Chewing gum? Yeah. Toothpaste.
1: No, that would be good. I think that would be funny. Maybe a little bit It would bit older, be, older, yes, be yeah. different, something
2: different that people wouldn't expect with finance. Yes. And what do you think about that, about some sort of giveaway? I think giveaways are always a good idea.
1: Amazon voucher. Spotify voucher. Oh, I was just thinking loads of mints. <laughs> <laughs> Worthers. <laughs> Worthers not our um Where Worthers aren't minty. Are they not are they not a mint? Well what are they then? Worthers aren't a mint. Well what are they then? They're a toffee. Are they? Caramel aren't they? Not minty.
2: You've been having oh, dodgy
1: worders. If you can
0: get to the stage where you've explained a pension to a six-year-old, then you've yeah. won.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that, no, that's a good idea.
1: I don't feel like this was as strong a meeting as theirs but we'll get there.
2: George. Just because
1: they had a very specific idea and I don't know what I'm doing. It's not you, guess, do it's Just do a bit of research and see what's getting a lot of hits. Okay. And then we'll do something along them lines. We will. But better and mintier and fresher. you watch me win.
2: Us, we're a team now. It's not oh. I and team.
1: And so
0: big thank you to you, Giorgio. Thank Thank you you, for uh, contributing or turning up today. Thank you to Mark and Glenn from Second Draft. Big thank you to Abby Knight. Thanks to the Art of Finance for their sponsorship and to the marketing team at Verve for the beautiful MINT podcast website. And thank you to people for listening. Do please get in touch with us via Twitter or via the email or via the World Wide Web.
1: Mm -hmm. We're um, (laughs) we're changing the world. We're making a change. (laughs) Gonna make a change.
0: I mean, and mine was bad.